greetings, Dave and Joy and Holly and all of you. Brought tears to my eyes to gather once again to sing praise to God with you. I was asked earlier this week if if I was going to be lost to the Baptist, and I said, "No, why? What's going on?" And uh, so I noticed the sermons on YouTube are getting a little long. So for the sake of the sake of time this morning, we're jumping right in. Uh, you guys know that we've been moving through the, the travelogue and the gospel of Luke, chapters 9 to 19. The whole book of Luke is divided into three parts. First comes Galilee, Jesus in his home, comfortable place. Then comes this journey through Samaria on the way to Jerusalem, the place of climactic victory where Jesus goes to the cross and to the tomb. And... It is raised again, where he ascends and then sends the Spirit to the church. We've been journeying here from comfort uh, to victory. We've been traveling through Samaria. We've likened that to kind of our normal lives pre-COVID-19 through this time of pandemic on our way to victory and healing. We've talked about this in terms of our journey as a Christian from maybe a time before we knew the Lord or, or took the Lord's um, uh, call upon our life seriously into this journey of discipleship, which Jesus says is difficult and hard. It's like taking up a cross and following him uh, on our way to victory, to resurrection, to the place and time where we shall see God face to face. We have been hearing from Jesus that this journey is urgent. It's immediate. Uh, there's nothing more important. It's difficult, but it will be blessed. We've been learning what it means to walk uh, beside Jesus, and to learn to pray, to speak to God. This journey is not one that we take alone, but it's one that we hear from God all along the way. Um, we've learned that as we take these steps, we are to be the Good Samaritan. In the same way that Jesus is the Good Samaritan and comes to us, we now are called to be the neighbor. And so now, this morning, we're moving into Luke chapter 13, and we've got one story something that Jesus did, and then we've got two stories that he tells, two short parables. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us together. Uh, You say that in this life we will see you as through a glass darkly, and so right now, um, whether we're looking at you from computer screens at home, or looking at you through uh, the windshields of our cars, We're simply looking at you through the dark and uh, fallen eyes that we have. Lord, we pray that you might clear some of that darkness away. That you might shine your light upon us even now as the sun breaks the clouds. Uh, Shine into our hearts. uh, Transform us. Grant us your victory and your peace as your people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So Luke chapter 13. Story. Listen carefully, listen well. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are free from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. This is the first story. 
Jesus journeys through Samaria. He comes to a synagogue. It's the Sabbath day. People have gathered together. It's one of the means of grace. Talked about prayers, one of the means of grace, one of the places God promises to come and meet us and enlighten us by his life and by his spirit. People are gathered together on the Sabbath. It looked kind of like this. Maybe they were inside, but it was kind of like this. People had come together to worship the living God. And a funny thing happened. Uh, the God who promised to come and meet us by those means of grace, by corporate worship, by gathering together in body, in person with one another, he showed up. Jesus was there. Jesus sees you today in the same way that he saw the woman who was there with a the disabling spirit. For 18 years she had been bent over. She couldn't fully straighten herself. Jesus sees her. He calls her to himself and says, Woman, you're free from your disability. He laid his hands upon her. Immediately she straightened up. She glorified God. What to make of this passage? We could spend 30 YouTube minutes on it or we could jump right in. What happens here? Well, uh, the church has talked about sin as something, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that bends us, that, that, that turns us in on ourselves, that distorts, we're creating the image of God, it distorts the image of God that we bear. Sin bends us inward upon ourselves. I'd like for you to think just a minute as we come, as we gather on the Sabbath, just as this woman and others came to the synagogue, I'd like for you to think just a minute about how exactly have you been bent? It's all individual for us, and yet they're the same basic things. How have you been bent inward? Um, when Jesus sees you and sees you've come to worship him and to receive his life, when he calls you to himself, what is it that he's wanting to straighten out in you? And sometimes our kids will say, yeah, I'm going to straighten her out. What, what is Jesus, as he's gathered us together, what does he want to straighten out in you in your heart this morning? Or, to think of it another way, what does Jesus want to heal in you? Perhaps you've been lonely, as so many of us have for the last few months. Maybe you are sick and tired of isolation. Maybe you need that loneliness healed. As Jesus comes and says, to you, calls you by name as he called Mary after he rose from the tomb in the garden. Maybe it's anger and frustration. Are we not all frustrated? We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. Um, no matter what vantage we look at all of these circumstances from, we're all frustrated with the other side. We like to make Instead of seeing the person in the ditch as our neighbor, we like to think of them as the other. Maybe that's what God needs to heal in you and your heart this morning. How is he going to straighten you out? I don't know. That's something that you can ask him. As he straightens us all out, the kingdom comes more fully. What is the kingdom like? I'm glad you asked. Jesus says this. What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew, it became a tree. And the birds of the air built their nests in its branches. What is the kingdom of God like? What is it? It's like the tiniest grain of a mustard seed that's planted. Anybody been planting a garden lately? Tiny. It's a small thing. The kingdom of God is a small thing that is planted in the ground. 
and covered up and rain falls upon it and the sun shines and it grows into a mighty tree and the birds of the air come and make their nests in it. What is the kingdom of God like? It's a small thing. You know, we're sitting here on a hill. I can see it. When you turn around, you'll see it. The courthouse is right across the square. You guys remember a story that might have anything to do with New Presbyterian Church that happened right here on a hill, on this, actually this hill and this spot. A little bit over 100 years ago, the Reverend Edgar Tufts led his horse across from Banner Up with Mr. R.E. Piercy, and they sat down right here in this space where you're sitting right here, and they ate lunch, they broke bread, and they began to talk about a dream that they had of you. Presbyterian church that might be built right here in this spot, overlooking the courthouse that was even then being built. They had a dream that someday a Presbyterian congregation, a bunch of Christians would be gathered together, breaking bread, gathering around the word. It was a small thing, a small meal, a small dream. And yet here we are. What's the kingdom of God like? It is the tiniest grain of a mustard seed that's planted in the ground and it grows and forth into a mighty tree and the birds of the air come and make their nests in it. A small thing that grows into a mighty and a big thing. I want to be strong and mighty. I like being small so much. It's a small thing, though. It starts as a small thing. Then it, then it grows bigger and stronger. I, I so often want to be strong, be tough in my own strength. I want, I want to make things happen. The Christian life, the kingdom begins in us as an image of death tiny grain of a seed planted in the ground and covered up with dirt. That's an image of death, isn't it? Buried. When we come to Jesus, when we gather with him, when he comes and meets us, we're called to die. Die to ourselves. You are called to die to yourself. But as you die to yourself and Jesus comes and nurtures you and waters you, waters a baptism and feeds you and cares for you in the sacrament, as he builds you up by his word, You'll grow and we'll grow and we'll grow. And then the birds of the air, the people all around this community can come and make nests in the branches that the Lord has given us. <laughs> What's the Lord calling you to straight? How's he calling you to be straightened out in your life? What's the small thing that you need to do? Maybe it's something as small as coming to a small 30-minute little service, a small little hill, a small county. What's the small thing God's calling you to do? That's the first step. How's the kingdom grow in your heart? Glad you asked. Jesus tells another story immediately after. And again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? What's it like? What shall I compare it to? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. of God like it's like a tiny grain of mustard seed that's planted in the ground and grows up. It's like a it's like a woman who takes leaven and works it into three loaves of flour until it was all leavened. Um, this is an image of the word of God being worked into our lives. I can't uh, there's a woman who takes leaven and puts it in the flour. This is not like a little sprinkling. Presbyterians don't typically mind sprinkling, right? But this, this is not just a little sprinkling of leavening, right? 
This is the word of God worked deeply into us until it is all of us. The church will talk about the three loaves of flour. Why did I mention three loaves of flour? Well, the church has said, well, the reason they did that is because it involves all three basic parts of a human being, body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Uh, an image of the spirit working into us the word of God until it is filling up all of us. What are you holding back today? What are you holding back? How, how have you um, set up some, some barriers for the word of God to actually be worked deeply, deeply into who you are? Until it fills all of you. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to hear a word from the Lord. It's good to be reminded that when we gather together in this basic means of grace, corporate worship, when we are with one another, you, Christ and you, meeting Christ and me, uh, bound together by the Spirit. When we do that, Jesus meets us, He sees us, He calls us to come to Him, He straightens us out, He heals us. He reminds us that the kingdom come comes not by our strength but by His as we are buried in the ground, but then grow forth by His grace. The kingdom comes as the Word of God is worked deeply into our lives. As those small dreams that we have begin to grow and to flourish. Who knows what God might have for us during exactly this time as we move from comfort to victory through pandemic, through discipleship, through difficulty, through dying to ourselves so that Christ might live in us. Who knows what God might do with us? Sun shining. The Lord's nurturing. Let's continue to draw close to Him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.